Okay, start over. <laughs> so, uh, just a quick on me. I was at Christ Church for nine years as the director of family ministries. And um, I love that church. Um, I feel the way about that church that I know a lot of you feel about, Church of Our Savior. It was a home for me, still is my home church. I'm a seminarian. I'm in my second year at General Theological Seminary and a postulant for the priesthood. So I'm serving at St. Mary's, but Christ Church will always be a special place for me. But I do just kind of want to briefly share what this experience has been like me coming to uh, coming from Christ Church to St. Mary's. Just to give you a flavor for what that's been like for me and invite you into that experience if you haven't already been involved at St. Mary's. Um, for me, just coming over those bridges every day, I have a different feeling about Jacksonville than I ever did. Um, I love our city. I feel connected to our city in a way that I didn't before. And I don't know how much of that is because I'm working there or because I'm just in relationship with people in the city in a different way. So I invite you into that um, our city is so spread out, and we love our pockets where we feel comfortable. Um, but we really have this opportunity, I think, to live in kinship and relationship with our neighbors, and especially with our neighbors most in need. So it really is a joy, any kind of service you do, right? It's a joy to be in it, to be in relationship with people. Um, but I'm reminded of, you all know Father Greg Boyle. He's a Jesuit priest. He runs Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. He's an author. Tattoos on the heart. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. But he has this one analogy where he says that service to people is like being in the hallway with them, and real kinship is like being in the ballroom. And I feel like that's what happens at St. Mary's. Um, so let's go to St. Mary's. St. Mary's is a mission of the diocese. Mother Beth Jo Flatt is our canon for urban ministry. So she runs St. Mary's. She also um, founded and still runs Church Without Walls. Um, has anybody ever been to Church Without Walls? So um, it's a Eucharist at 1 o'clock on Sundays for folks who might not feel comfortable in a traditional church. So most of the folks who come to that service are living on the street, but not all. It used to be in the uh, parking lot of the diocese. Now it's actually in the chapel at the cathedral. And one of the ways that you can get involved is to be a lunch angel. I think we have your youth and children's ministries as providing lunch for Church Without Walls the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which is awesome. So when people do that, it's a great thing for a Bible study or a youth group or children's ministry to do is to pre-pack sack lunches for the folks who worship at Church Without Walls and then come deliver them and be in worship with us. So we're excited to have you all out for that. So um, St. Mary's, for those of you all who have been there, it's this beautiful little church in that Gothic style, and it's got neon in the sanctuary. Has anybody seen that? It's really funky. But it was put there in the late 60s, early 70s as a symbol of bringing the city into the church and the church into the city. And I love that aspect of it. It's the most traditional little church with neon in the ceiling, which is really cool. Um, so I'll just give you a feeling kind of for what happens there and ways that you might get involved. So as I mentioned, we're a partner pantry of Feeding Northeast Florida. If you've ever seen the big rig trucks on the highway of Feeding America or Feeding Northeast Florida, that is the the big warehouse food bank. And the way that that food gets to people who need it in the community is through pantries like St. Mary's. So there are a good number of pantries throughout Metro Jacksonville. There's also mobile food pantries. Um, but the way that works is that Feeding Northeast Florida has a relationship with um, grocery partners like Walmart and Aldi and Publix and others. 
so that when there's perishable food that's at or near the expiration date, it gets frozen immediately and it gets dispersed out into the community through the food pantries. So if you all have ever done a food drive here at Church of Our Savior, um, all the dry goods that we give out really comes from the churches and the diocese. So cereal, canned goods, pasta sauce, pasta, all those things that don't spoil so we don't typically get them from the grocery stores. So we need both. We need all that frozen meat and produce and everything else from the grocery partners, and we need the dry goods that our churches provide. Um, oh, I was going to say something else about that. I can't remember. It's gone. It'll come back. Um, so that's where all the food comes from. We have been running a food pantry um, for a long, long time, but I think only in the last maybe five, six, seven years has Mother Beth really expanded the relationship with Feeding Northeast Florida. Um, so we're really focusing on food at St. Mary's. We don't do clothing. We don't do financial assistance. We don't do other kinds of emergency services. We have partners in the city who do those things, but we try to do food really well. So we have food pantry on Tuesday afternoon and Thursday morning, and people will come line up for food. We usually take about 50 individuals who represent their families each time that we're open. People come every two weeks. So by the end of one month, we've seen about 250 households. So we're a client choice pantry, too, which is important. So it's not that people just come get their box of food and they leave. It's a couple-hour ordeal for folks to come. But there really is this sense of fellowship and kinship that happens because people are together for a good long while, a couple hours. So we have some of those dry goods packed up for folks. But when it's their turn, they have a personal shopper. We got two over here. Anybody else serve as a personal shopper at St. Mary's? Yeah, Jackie. Right. So um, these volunteers call the person's name, meet the person, develop some, you know, it can be really intimidating, as you can imagine, especially if you're showing up at a food pantry for the first time. So to have a smiling face and a warm person welcome you and to shop with you is such a beautiful gift and an opportunity. So the shopper meets the, the pantry guest or a client. And um, some things are already bagged up, like those dry goods, but then the person has an opportunity with their shopper to come into the food pantry and to make their own choices from the meat and the produce and the deli and dairy and sweets and bread and all this beautiful stuff. So it looks like a little market, and they get to make the choices that work best for themselves and for their families. That's what I was going to say was about the garden. That's where it was. <laughs> so we do get produce from the groceries, but we also have an organic garden on site at St. Mary's. Um, I think you all know the Schultzes, right, Art and Francis? So um, they do a beautiful job of tending this garden and bringing volunteers in. And I've got um, figures, which I haven't looked at yet, for how many pounds of um, produce that our garden provided last year, which is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary amount of food. And we also, Art also tends a piece of land at the UF Extension, so, a, a, so even more acreage of um, fresh veggies and um, fruits for the pantry. So what we want is for folks to come in and have a beautiful pantry to shop from, right, and to make good choices. Um, the folks who come to the food pantry are struggling for all manner of reasons. We do have some folks who are living on the street who they get like a little snack pack of, um, you know, they don't have access to a fridge or a way to heat stuff up. We do serve those folks. But most of the folks who come, it's just difficult for whatever reason to pay the rent, we all know about the housing crisis, right? To pay the rent, put gas in the car, pay for childcare, and everything else they have to do. So to take the grocery expense off of that family is a huge relief. Um, and I'll just mention briefly, 
that food insecurity is a huge problem and getting worse, and Florida is worse than most of the country. So I think it's 20% of adults in Duval County are food insecure. And I know, right? And like a fourth of children. That's a lot of people who might not. And we do frequently get folks come to the food pantry where their child hasn't eaten yet that day. That's how bad it is, right? They might say, can I have something while I'm waiting in line because we haven't eaten today? Um, and a lot of veterans, too, who come. So people are struggling for all manner of reasons. Some of it is generational poverty. Some of it is just a medical event that happened or an accident. We are um, closer than we want to imagine to being food insecure. But what makes St. Mary's really beautiful is that... <coughs> It's not a, a place where charity happens, where it's just here is your thing that you need and goodbye. Um, we are living together and committed to each other's well-being in a way that is more about solidarity and friendship, um, that, that the problems that are in our community are our problems, right? And so the fact that we have so many neighbors who struggle to put groceries on the table is our problem, and, and that's how we look at this, right? So whenever we do mission work... Um, and we do so much in the Episcopal Church, is that I think we should always be looking for those opportunities to form relationships with each other so that we are not just doing good, but we are really engaged in life together so that when anyone is hurting, um, we are engaged in relieving that burden. So um, a priest friend of mine told me recently, she said, it's not that there are some people with gifts and other people with needs. We all have gifts. We all have needs, right? So if we find ourselves in a position of being able to share our resources or our time, um, that is a temporary situation probably, and we, we are called then to be givers and also to receive, right? So it's a, there's a mutuality in that that is really important. So I think that's it about how the food pantry works. Christmas for all, so Jackie had her tree outside and her tree back here, which is awesome. Um, it's not like, a, like an angel tree situation where we're providing everything that a family needs for Christmas. It's, again, just trying to make Christmas a little easier for folks. So we have new unwrapped gifts donated by the churches in the diocese who will be in our Christmas room. So when, when pantry guests come, they spend some time in our parish hall just like this, waiting for their turn to be called. And um, there's a little kind of nook room where we're going to have it be like a little store with new unwrapped things. And when pantry guests check in in the morning, they can say whether or not they'd like um, to visit the Christmas room and they'll be able to take a few items. And we even tell them, like, it's okay to pick something for yourself, <laughs> right? Whatever is just uh, sharing a little bit of joy in the Christmas season is what we want to do. So I thank you in advance for the gifts you're already bringing. That's awesome. Um, so a couple other things I'll mention. We talked about being a lunch angel. We talked about the Christmas room. We also have, we're in our, um, uh, our campaign for the end of the year. Uh, St. Mary's is a very unusual church. This is not like a typical stewardship campaign. If you were at St. Mary's this morning, you'd have about 10 people in worship with you. It's a very tiny worshiping congregation where everything that we do is rooted in the Eucharist. What happens at the table and the bread and the wine is the source of the love that we then send out into the community. But it's a tiny group of people, so we're completely dependent upon support from around the diocese. And um, Mother Beth had a great idea to do a little stocking stuffer. If you wanted to give a gift to a loved one, you could make a gift to St. Mary's in their name, and there's a 100% match, up to $500, there's a match 
from the Jesse Ball DuPont Foundation until the end of the year. So just a little gift idea, like an alternative thing, if you wanted to consider that. And then I would just invite you all to um, volunteer if you like. So we have an app called Homebase, which makes it really easy to volunteer because you can see exactly the time shifts and what you would be doing. Um, as I mentioned, we have shoppers while we're open, but we have people all week long coming to collect groceries from the grocery partners. They can use their own vehicle or take our cargo van. They can be at the church receiving those groceries and stocking the shelves, um, prepping for pantry, and then certainly working in the garden. So not only do we have the produce that we're growing, we also have beautiful flower gardens. We grow the flowers for our altar and all that sort of stuff. So if you have a green thumb or even if you just want a green thumb, I invite you to come out and get involved in that. Um, but there are volunteers at, at St. Mary's um, all week long. So I invite you to do that. And I think that's it. Do y'all have any questions for me? And it, yes. Do you have a client list or an enrollment process? That's a good question. So we don't. Um, and I think one of the beautiful things about our food pantry is that we really aren't vetting people, right? If, if you can imagine how difficult it would be to come and find out, do you qualify to get a little help with your groceries? So we collect a little bit of information that, that the food pantry feeding Northeast Florida requires of us. Um, mostly to know who we're serving, um, how many people are in this household, do they have disabilities, are there veterans, is somebody in the house pregnant, like things like that that help us to uh, be able to track outcomes, but we have no vetting process. So people who come, it's just first come, first serve, and a lot of the folks who come have been coming for years. We have new people every time. We probably have, you know, a quarter of the folks that we see on a pantry day are there for the first time. And we do see people who will come, you know, every year, right? It's like they're kind of doing okay, and then they get into a place where it's like they know that if they have a particularly difficult month and can't pay JEA and go to the grocery store, that they can come to us. So, um, so we don't. We know who we're serving because we do. They can come every two weeks, and so we do have um, really good data on who's coming. But we don't have, like, a list of folks that we serve, if that makes sense. Are you able to plug them into other things? Yeah, yeah. So, like the vets to yes, yeah, we have a long list of agencies that we refer to for all sorts of things. And is that part of the process when you become their shopper? No, yeah, and so if you think of a like, I know, um, like Beam, for example, or Soulsbacher, those types of places have social workers that can really work with people on all sorts of things that they need. We are just food, so. So no, we, we do have like a sheet that we can give to people. Um, and for the most part, that's, that's what we do. And, it, that, and, I, and I know where some of our shoppers can attest to like, that's one of the difficult things about volunteering at St. Mary's is that you want to do everything for people. But um, we have to be a part of this web of folks who support those who are living on the margins. So, so no, we don't really sit with folks and do that kind of like casework or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have a limit on how much like, I know if it's a family, you do yes. more, but do you have, do they get a bag? Yeah, that's a good question. So we actually don't do more the bigger the family. I know like Beam, for example, does. So like at, at Beam, when you're walking around with your volunteer, they'll say, okay, if you have four people in your family, you can choose three of these things. We actually don't do that. So all of what we give is based off of what we have. And we're relatively small. So, for example, when, for the most part, well, you know, do you guys want to come chat, too? 
you could. So one of the first things that the shoppers do is they have like a board and it will say like, you can have three meats today. You can have this many items from the produce section. That's all based off of what we have and what we can stock. And also trying to be sustainable, um, which is difficult because you want to give everything away, but you realize that the, um, the inflow of groceries is kind of lumpy and we need to make sure that we can serve. No, that's right. They get the same. And we do have to sometimes go down that line and see where that 50th person is and tell everybody we're not taking more folks after that, which is difficult. It's, that's really hard. Um, the same with the gifts when they go to the room. Yeah, with the gifts. That's going to be my responsibility is just to keep that room stocked full of stuff. And if we receive a ton of stuff, it'll be more that people can get. And just kind of, so the, one of the things with Christmas for All is that I asked for things pretty early. I know we're kind of not really in the Christmas mode yet. I'm not. <laughs> but um, because people come every two weeks, we want them to have two visits where they can take a few more things and, um, and try to pace that out. But I would be thrilled to death if it's all gone at the end, even if that means we're being extra, extra generous. Um, and we have great stuff. Every now and then I'll go up to the attic at St. Mary's and get a toy if there's a child in the food pantry line because we have things left over from last year. Um, but yeah, and I wish you could see because it's, um, people are very, very grateful. And I think they feel seen and respected at St. Mary's. Um, we make it an experience that is full of dignity and love. And um, it's just like uh, any kind of ministry like that. You see people's shoulders come down a little, you know, just breathe a little easier. And so I know that's what's going to happen with Christmas. You open daily or five days a week or six days a week or what? So the pantry's open twice a week. And then um, we are open just like a normal church is. So we close early Fridays. But we're there every day. Um, that's the thing I wanted to mention, too, is that St. Mary's, for all that we do, we only have four people on staff, um, including Mother Beth. So everything we do is volunteer-driven. That pantry, would we wouldn't have a food pantry if we didn't have volunteers come and do all those many jobs. Um, because we are, as an organization, we're very, very tiny. Yeah, just the four of us. And you're doing seminary. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and I should share that, too. So Christ Church, like Church of Our Savior, is a very well-established parish that's vibrant and full of life and people coming to breakfast and at three different services. And um, being at St. Mary's is a very different, I mean, it's different in every way. <laughs> it's different in every possible way. Um, but it's a different way of being church. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a different context for what it means to, like, what, what does the Eucharist mean? Like, how does that extend to the food that we're sharing with our neighbors, right? Theologically, it's rich to be there. But then also, to, for me to be in that spot and to see it the way all of the churches in this diocese are coming together for a common goal. Now, if you're in Tallahassee, they have Grace Mission. But, like, if you're here in Jacksonville... St. Mary's is the hub for urban mission, and so we have youth from different churches that will come in the summertime and serve. We have volunteers from, you know, five or six different churches every time the food pantry is open. We're collecting groceries and Christmas gifts from all over the place. So for me, it's been beautiful to kind of bust out of my little bubble of, you know, the church that I was involved in and just see the beautiful teamwork that happens. And I think... Um, for me, too, it's, it's been beautiful to see the churches coming together, but also to see the way the community comes together. There are um, all sorts of problems in this world, right, and in this diocese and in this city. But there is no shortage of people with huge hearts who want to, 
to do with their time, talent, and treasure, everything that they can do to make sure that people don't go hungry. And that's really encouraging. I mean, it's such a joyful place to be. Angela's always dancing in the food pantry. We have a good yes. time. And the, so we had um, Porch Fest whenever that was last weekend. And um, there were probably 20,000 people in Springfield. It's a huge music festival with probably 20 or 25 bands that play on people's porches. So the, the whole neighborhood was packed, and St. Mary's was just open all day long, and we invited people into the sanctuary. We probably had 700 people coming in and out of that sanctuary saying, I never knew this little church was here, and how sweet it is, and what do you do? And um, it was really lovely to, um, to be in that space and to welcome people into our life and work together. Um, and so for a tiny church, there's a broadness to what we're doing that includes so many different people, and I think that's beautiful. Hmm. I think that's church. Do they handle clothing also? No, we don't. I think we did. At one point, we had a clothing closet years ago. And um, if any of y'all remember Sue that used to be at St. Mary's, there were um, children's programs that were vibrant and wonderful. And um, the neighborhood has kind of changed over time. There's still a lot of need there. But um, what we really want to do is do food well, right? If you try to do everything, you might not do everything well. We really want to do food well. And so I'll mention to you, too, that we are um, in the process of beginning um, what's called like a healthy pantry initiative. So working with Feeding Northeast Florida, we'll actually have folks at the pantry. Um, for people who want it, not everybody has to do this, but for pantry guests who want a little extra um, care, they can be screened for hypertension and um, diabetes and other health concerns so that we can um, serve them differently in the food pantry so we can help them make choices for their diet that work best for them and then we can track their outcomes of how they're doing, and and even more connect them with um, physicians and screening and other things out in the community to help their overall well-being. So that's going to be very exciting. For our tiny little food pantry, we're going to be kind of a star for feeding Northeast Florida because they're going to try some really cool stuff with us. How many people do you average a day? So about 50. About 50. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. And I think the number of folks, like when we count the number of children in the household or um, elderly folks in the household as well, that I think the number last month for people that we served with groceries was somewhere around 900. And they're limited every other week? Every two weeks, yeah. Yeah, which is a function of space and supply. Mm-hmm. We'd love to do more. And maybe we'll grow. There's room at St. Mary's to grow. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's a, it's a drop in the bucket for the need, you know. Um, but it makes a difference for people. Yeah. Any other questions for me? Yeah. Huh? I've been pretty comfortable here at the Church of Our Savior for the last sixty some years. I assume you were fairly comfortable at Christ Church. Uh huh. What in the world motivated <laughs> you to leave Christ Church yeah. and go to Mass? Yeah. So just like y'all, I had been there over the years, right, with youth or volunteering. Um, but what motivated me was. Um, it is because I'm seminary, but I think for anybody in their, in their walk of faith and their journey, right, is that sometimes when we're comfortable, and my, my experience has been that we're being equipped. That was very much my experience. Um, even before I lived here, I used to live in Birmingham, Alabama. Are you from Birmingham, Father Joe? I served there for a while. So I had the feeling there, I was a layperson doing volunteer work for children's ministry, but I had a, I was so comfortable and happy and um, grateful for that, but I felt like God was equipping me to do something. So that when we, my family moved to Ponte Vedra, 
I thought, okay, maybe God is calling me into vocational ministry. And um, that's true for some of us, not for others. We are all serving in different ways, right? But after nine years at Christ Church, I felt like, okay, God, what are you equipping me to do? Because I really, I mean, nine years is a long time, and I was thrilled to bits. I love those people. And my, um, my role there was very life-giving for me, and I was always learning and loving that. But um, because I'm preparing for parish ministry, I realized that Christ Church is a very unique kind of place. It's a very well-resourced, very large church in an affluent community. And that's really all I know. Even the church I went to in Birmingham, it's a great big megachurch, right? So I didn't have an experience of your typical Episcopal church, which is much smaller. I think, what's the average? Like 50, 50 people maybe on a Sunday. So <clears throat> I, I felt the need to be part of a smaller church. But to be church in this way, um, so much of what we do in ministry, whether it's volunteer or vocational ministry, we don't see the outcome. Like children's ministry is a perfect example. You never know the seeds you're planting, right? So every now and then you get glimpses of something beautiful that happens in godly play or something. Um, but it's a long game, and there's some sense of remove from the seeds you plant to the fruit of, the, of what you planted. And um, St. Mary's is it's such a gift to be able to go just... All the gifts I had before were very specific to Christ Church, right? So I go totally out of my comfort zone with folks I have not been in relationship with, and you just surrender to God and say, you just hope that God will use you somehow. Um, So every minute that I've been there, I've been out of my comfort zone and learning and trying to get out of my own head of what does it look like to be a faithful Christian in this space and just be open to whatever God is going to give through me, hopefully, right? It's a, and it, I have really experienced that there of um, you got to get out of your own ego because it's not about you. <laughs> and, um, and also recognizing that it does feel good. It feels good to be um, the conduit for the gifts that are given to St. Mary's and then give it. So obviously it's not the, the food I've brought, but I get to, with my hands, help in that way. So it's a stripping down, maybe, right? So when we... <coughs> build a life of faith with lots of beautiful things, with prayer and study and fellowship and community and beautiful buildings and beautiful worship that is a glory to God. Those are all beautiful things. Um, But for me, it's almost like a... uh, It's like a spiritual practice of being there and and looking for the work that God is doing just between two people and trying to get food on their table. So, yeah, that's a long... I'm I'm good with long answers. (laughs) Um, and I actually wasn't looking to do anything different. Laura McGevney was there for a while, and she we kind of swip-swapped. So she went to Christchurch, which she was experiencing St. Mary's. She loved St. Mary's, but she um, is finding something at Christchurch that she needed. And when she made that change, it was like, oh, this I've been feeling a, a call to serve in a different way, to learn in a different way. And uh, Mother Beth, I don't know how many of y'all know her, I told Beth Renewal the other day, I would do anything for her. I, I admire her so much that if she wanted me to go dig a ditch with her, I would do it. <laughs> but I, I, we all know people like that, right, who are um, warm and inviting and inspiring in their faith, and we just want to get closer to those folks. I think whether it's a grandparent or um, our rector or anybody like that, that when we have somebody who leads in that way, we just got to follow. And I'm, I'm blessed to be following Beth. This... Um, this diocese, I, I just want to share with you that she's such a gift to our diocese. 
that she is, um, she takes very good care of her flock the way that any vicar or rector does. But the way that she leads us as the canon for urban ministry um, makes serving joyful and easy and accessible for everybody. And so we all care. I know Church of Our Savior. I know enough folks here to know that you care deeply about your community. I know that, (laughs) Uh, which is beautiful. But when you have somebody and a place that makes it easy to take that love in your heart and do something with it, um, that's a real gift. And so St. Mary's has been that for me, and I hope for y'all too. Yeah. Catherine is being very humble. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) She has been an inspiration for me in children's ministry since we met at Suwannee, Mm -hmm. the Play Conference. Um, and I followed her and rejoiced with her when she um, was called to seminary. And how, tell me how much longer do you have? So I'm, I'm in my second of a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a second of four. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to be an awesome priest. Thank you. You already Thank you. are. Thank you. And um, I just look forward to seeing all that God does through you. Thank you. Well, last time I was here was for your ordination. And, um, and yeah, I mean, this diocese is just chock full of people leading in really beautiful ways. Um, and so there's so much to be grateful for and optimistic about. So I thank you for the role you're both playing in that. Yeah. Catherine, what can, uh, just, what, what can someone do if they want to get involved but they're not available yeah. on a Thursday morning? Um, yeah, like I said, we have volunteers all week long. Um, I've left a big stack of my cards over here. Also, on the same, it's St. Mary's Jacks um, is the website, and um, at home base is on there, isn't it, y'all? Yeah, I think it's on this. I mean, it's on that. Yeah, I would just say email me, right? Because that's the best way for me to get you connected in terms of whether or not you want to volunteer, what hours you might be available. The nice thing, too, about St. Mary's is we do have so many folks who have, like, a regular shift that they do um, in perpetuity, which is amazing. You don't have to do it that way. You can pop in, try something out. You can try working in the pantry or the garden or whatever. And um, different shifts, even from a couple hours to half a day. And so we can accommodate, really, anybody's schedule to come um, work with their hands and feet. I will tell you, too, that so St. Mary's has a neat little partnership that's begun with the cathedral and with St. Philip's. So they're kind of calling it the urban trinity, right, between these three churches. And so there's also going to be more opportunities, um, like, for example, the Center for Spirituality at the cathedral. There may be a retreat at St. Mary's, which is like a monk for a day, right? So it's like that you're working with your hands in the garden or the pantry and doing the offices together and maybe having a meal the night before and things like that. So um, so lots and lots of opportunities. But I would say, as the outreach administrator, I'm happy to get people plugged in however they can do. Because there are things to do in your context, too, right? Say that you go, I my job doesn't allow me to be downtown when you're open, right? So maybe do um, a drive at the church for toiletries or, um, you know, seasonal things that would really make a big difference for us would be huge. So um, lots and lots of different ways to get involved. Cool. Yeah. And what are your hours? So the church is generally open from like nine to four, and then shorter day on Friday. I mean, to, to do work with the public, do they five yeah. days a week, seven, six days? That's so. That's two days a week. So Tuesday afternoons, our volunteers who work in the pantry are there from one one o'clock basically until 
like four, four something like that. Thursday morning is early, early. So we're there. It opens at nine, but the folks who serve are usually there around eight or nine and generally out by lunchtime, like 11 or so. And there, so there's the shopper thing, but there's also, um, if anybody has mobility issues too, like there is a volunteer role of sitting at the computer and entering people in. So um, whatever folks' availability and physical abilities are, there's something you can do. Is parking easily available? Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, we have, there's an alley behind it. Yeah. Easier than you would think. Yeah. Uh, there is one thing I'd like to say that uh, got left out, and that's the program of um, going to Amazon and ordering yeah. off Amazon. Um, that is is really being beneficial, yeah. to say the least. I was Huge. there one Tuesday afternoon, and we got like 25 boxes of food. You know, from the Amazon truck. Yeah. That was just, you know, and that amazing. was the idea of somebody at St. Mark's who was just like, I subscribe to whatever through Amazon, and could we do that for you? Because that day, remember, we had the shelves for like cereal, and we were, and we really do run almost down to bare. So it's not like we, we don't, we have no warehouse, right? So we we're giving, it, we, give it away. We yeah. have, when we have it, we give it away. That's right. So we were running a little bare, and that parishioner at St. Mark's had that idea to do an Amazon wish list, and people could subscribe. And yeah, it was the response was amazing. Yeah. So. Um, Can you tell us more about that. We yeah. that in our bulletin, but, but tell us a little bit more about the Amazon. Sure. Um, and I don't think it's on the website right now, but people can email me for the link if you like. So it's a, you know, like a registry, like a bridal, you know, a wedding registry, something like that. This is a little different because once you buy a thing, it stays on the list, right? So it's like we're kind of always supplying from the same list. Um, but it's an Amazon list of the things that help us to keep like really important dry goods in stock. So. Cereal, canned goods, toothpaste, toothbrush, you toilet know, paper. toilet paper, um, all sorts of things, including the stuff that we we're like we're running out of a lot, right? So like, if, because we're um, kind of scrappy and grassroots, like when somebody comes to the little toiletry area, they might say, "Do you have size four diapers?" Well, we might not. That's the case for a lot of what we have. Is we we do the best we can to provide what people need, but there's a lot that it's like we might have that, we might not. So that wish list is just in perpetuity. It's out there. So folks can just go to that and send us something as a one-off. Or they might say, um, you know, I could do $10 a month on my Amazon. But I wouldn't even notice that on my Amazon, right? And so they might send us the little cans of Vienna sausages and make that a subscription so it just shows up to us every month. Um, so that's an in-kind donation like any other kind of in-kind donation. It's just one that you don't have to think about, um, which is great. Yeah, especially if you don't get downtown very much. Um, and anything that y'all collect, I'm happy to come get too. I live at the beach, so I can, you know, I can circle around in my Jeep and pick stuff up. Um, but yeah, so that's been, that's been hugely helpful, the Amazon thing. Yeah. Any other questions for me? Well, thank y'all. I'm so grateful, um, to be here and for the good work that you're doing, um, for the volunteer work that you're doing and all the other ways that you care for our folks through St. Mary. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, I'd love to just say uh, a prayer with you uh, for uh, you and for your uh, ministry and your formation and, um, and for St. Mary's. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the good work that you're doing uh, through St. Mary's. We thank you. Uh, I'm sure we, we thank you for bringing Catherine here today, but also just uh, transferring her from, for, a, for a time from uh, Christ Church to St. Mary's. And, 
uh, the work that you're doing through her, but also obvious, so obviously the work you're doing in her, uh, too, which she will share as a priest. So we pray for her and her formation as a priest, uh, your priest, Lord God, and ask that you would continue to pour your spirit out upon her, that you might also pour your spirit out through her. We just pray continued uh, provision for the institution of St. Mary's and also for the people that they serve. We ask this all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. There are plenty of uh, handouts about things particularly that you can uh, donate either through Amazon or you can bring them here. Don't we have a... Do we have a... do we, we have kind of a, a, a people drop stuff off and then it gets taken down there uh, on a pretty regular basis. So, um, so if you can do that, that's great. Uh, be a lunch angel. Make, make bag lunches with your Bible study. That's such a good idea. So get involved.